So they are Sean. And they are Maggie. And this is Bob Snobs. Some cartoons age like a fine wine. And then there is SpongeBob. Did that sound rehearsed? Because it was. Okay, so this is Bob Snobs where we talk about SpongeBob, the cartoon. Both of us have varying histories with this cartoon. Sean, do you want to get into that? I watched very little SpongeBob until what Maggie calls the worst ages of SpongeBob. I think mm, the post two thousand four era, which would be the the dark age, the bad, the bad stuff, is just what the I would say. <laughs> it's the bad stuff. I stuck mostly to like Cartoon Network and PBS Kids and like other shows besides Nickelodeon before that. What about you, Maggie? Where are you coming from? Yeah, I watched SpongeBob religiously. Um, it was my shit. I had SpongeBob wallpaper. My sister was the bigger culprit there. She had a SpongeBob bedspread, SpongeBob uh, lamp and pajamas, the whole nine yards. I think she even had a toothbrush with SpongeBob on it. Yeah, so... A SpongeBob shrine. A SpongeBob shrine that she slept and lived in. So yeah, that's where that's where we were coming from. So yeah, and I watched it very religiously up to a certain point. Um, I think when I first realized it was starting to go downhill was Krabby Land, which really relied on a lot of just physical humor of children harming this sponge who hasn't done anything wrong. And we were just deriving pleasure with these children of the pain that was inflicted on this sponge. Um, and that was actually before uh, Steven Hillenburg, the original showrunner of SpongeBob, quit. Um, I did some research. Apparently during season three, he um, took a break to work on the movie. And then after the movie, he, he resigned as showrunner because he thought that the show should come to an end. He thought it had run its course. But yeah, the Nickelodeon was like, fuck you, Steve. Fuck you, Steven Hillenburg. We're gonna... We're gonna keep this alive. We're gonna keep kicking this dead horse until it stops spitting out money. And so, yeah, my young child mind was already a bit of a snob, and I was picking out the differences in the quality of the show, and I just dropped it. I don't think I started listening to it until... or watching it until after like Gary come home when I started really watching it you know that's so. that's what put the nail in the coffin for me actually was that episode because they just publicized it so much like every commercial on Nickelodeon was like this is going to be the best episode of Spongebob you'll ever see in your goddamn life you shitty little kids that better watch this episode <laughs> and I did because I was a shitty little kid but it wasn't that good was the thing it wasn't a very good episode. If anything, it was a regular, mediocre episode. I don't know what it was. I would have to rewatch it to tell you exactly what it was that I didn't like about it. But it was something about the high amounts of publicity and the low return on that promise that just d done it, done did it for me. I was done with SpongeBob until now. Wasn't it like a wasn't it like a season opener or a season finale? That might be it. That might have contributed to the large amounts of um. PR for it, but I don't know. My young child mind felt betrayed. So for this first episode, we're going to be comparing Band Geeks and Suction Cup Symphony. Mm -hmm. A quick summary on them, if you don't already know these episodes. Band Geeks is where Squilliam, Squidward's 
high school rival is calls up Squidward and challenges him to come up with a band or challenges his band to play at the Bubble Bowl. Assuming that he has a band, which yes, he doesn't. He does not. <laughs> and he has to create a band to play and do all that in time. <laughs> I'm already coming up with a bad idea for this episode. And Suction Cup Symphony, Squidward has to write a piece of music. I can't think of the word. Composition. In time. Composition. Mm, it's okay. It's the same thing. For a contest, and Patrick and Squ SpongeBob are like sort of getting away. And by the time that he's finished and is chosen for it, he, they're written into the composition. Do you have anything to add on those two? Yeah, I guess they are written into the composition may require a bit more explanation. Um, they make very annoying sounds because Patrick has injured himself on his ass. Um, his ass was injured. And so SpongeBob was trying to be like the doctor and help him, which resulted in a lot of gross out physical humor that made a lot of disgusting noises. And Squidward in his um, sort of creative state, I guess, of writing a composition, wrote the noises that he heard subconsciously into his composition. And so when the composition was performed on stage later, SpongeBob and Patrick were inexplicably transported almost onto the stage in order to create these, like just recreate all of this physical gross out humor that we had already seen. So just to reiterate, we have the first half of the episode full of this weird gross out humor that SpongeBob and Patrick do to each other. And then the second half of the episode is the exact same gross out humor repeated. But with music. But with music. So that makes it better, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have an this... obvious preference here on Bob Snobs. It's Suction Cup Symphony. Obviously, it takes the cake. It's just exquisitely sponge. No, I'm lying to you. It's not that. <laughs> I mean, by the third time I watched it, I like it actually got some laughs out of me. Which I find abhorrent. I mean... Unforgivable. It was... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you watch something enough times, it's gonna be funny. I guess you could say that. The one thing where you laughed, I didn't laugh at the same part, but I did pause and say, oh, that was kind of funny. Without laughing. I recognized the humor. <laughs> That's as far as I got. It was the point where um, SpongeBob tells Patrick, you should go see a doctor. And Patrick says, I can't because my work doesn't provide me with health insurance. And SpongeBob says, what work? And Patrick says, Exactly. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> Something about the delivery just made me pause and say, oh, that was funny. It was. I mean, there's something about it that was sort of funny to me. It was sort me. of funny. So props to, props to SpongeBob. You made me laugh. Well, you made Sean laugh and you made me pause and acknowledge the humor inherent in the situation. Which, I mean, is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this contrast, even though, like, 
conceptually, these episodes are very similar. Like Squidward has to do something musically impressive and he gets help from SpongeBob in the process, but they really just couldn't be more different. It, like in, in Band yeah. Geeks, he's not acting out of self-interest, more as in self-preservation, which I guess is a form of self-interest, but like whatever. <laughs> it's more like SpongeBob and Patrick and all of Bikini Bottom who have signed up to be part of Squidward's band. They are acting in their own self-interests to begin with because the flyers in the beginning, this is getting kind of... <laughs> Sorry, this is getting kind of too in depth for a for for a show about a talking sponge, but I'm going there anyway, I guess. Um, <laughs> there's sort of the people of Bikini Bottom who have joined Squidward's band are acting out of their own self interest because the flyers said, "Oh, you should add some flavor to your dull dull life or have some meaning, find meaning, yeah, yeah, yeah. like do something fulfilling for you for yourself," and you can see that when they're performing sometimes because they'll just fight each other and won't really, you get the impression that they're not giving it their all. And like when the clock chimes, they're like, Oh, class is over. And they all leave in unison after they've tried to kill each other. Right. Right. But it's only after they realize how much this means to Squidward that SpongeBob is like, ah, shoot, we really got to pull together and do this for another person. It's not about you. It's about, well, he says it's about just pretend Squidward's a fireman or a guy in an ambulance and then do it for the guy in the ambulance. Just like kind of a funny twist on doing something for other people, but it's about selflessness nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Whereas the whole time in Suction Cup Symphony, Squidward is like, he's focused on fame. He has a little sort of a vision in the beginning seeing himself as a famous composer and being showered with praise and that vision never really changes i mean that's been his vision since the beginning though that's like true. even in early early episodes that's been his vision that's very true but he wasn't really punished for being like the the show didn't really acknowledge that as a negative trait or I don't know if it is a negative trait. I know I'm getting all existential, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, should Squidward be punished for that? Because they sort of frame it as a negative trait in the show, is what I'm saying. Like, he's all interested in having this image of fame while he's pushing SpongeBob and Patrick out the window and all that crap. I mean, but in the end, he's rewarded. And Well... Is he, though? I mean, it's sort of framed that he's rewarded, but it's not about him. It's about all of this gross-out humor that SpongeBob and Patrick are really the real stars of it all. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but the composer was great, even though Squidward didn't really have a lot of autonomy over what he was doing. And then they, like, just compare, like, the ending like the ending moments of Band Geeks versus Suction Cup Symphony, Band Geeks ends with obviously the most amazing thing that's ever aired on television. That <laughs> that uh, awesome, awesome rock song that just is played straight for a couple of minutes. 
and then we end with a freeze frame of Squidward jumping into the air in triumph. Now compare mm. that with Suction Cump Symphony, where Squidward is just sort of squirming on stage while SpongeBob and Patrick do all of this terrible, gross-out humor. And then it ends with the worst joke ever. Do you remember the joke, I- Sean? He ha- he gets an inflated head from the uh, the blood pressure cuff, but I wouldn't call that the worst. The joke blood ever. pressure. I blood guess pressure. the blood. I mean, oh, it the... was the blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. But it was like because it's it goes back to show that he has somehow has a blood pressure cuff surround like completely surrounding his body. Yeah, but before that, but like I... they say he gets all this applause, and it's supposed to sort of mirror that freeze frame moment in band geeks but then while he's getting this applause spongebob just has to chime in don't get a swelled head and then his head swells up really big and explodes and it's because he has the i didn't realize it exploded did it it might have not exploded it might have just gotten really big but yeah because of the blood pressure pump I might not have heard the explosion sound if it did explode. Maybe I just assumed it exploded because I was like, well, this might as well just happen then. (laughs) (laughs) This might as well be the way this goes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I just... Do you want to compare the humor of both of these... Both of these episodes? Like, we already talked about the gross-out humor... Without getting in too much into the details of the suction cup symphony, but like compare that to the humor in Band Geeks. I have a few notes. Um, I think we already talked about, or did we already talk about? They both start with the almost the same exact joke. It's so close. Mm-hmm. In in Band Geeks, Squidward is playing the um, clarinet as you should remember if you've seen the show. And then um, it's it's obviously bad, of course, because it always is. And then he gets a knock on the door, and it's a vet. It's a vet. And he says, yeah, we've got reports of a dying animal on the premises. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. you and I both laughed at that joke. So it landed pretty good. The timing was good. And then he slammed the door, and that was the end of the joke. Right? Mm-hmm. That took... 13 seconds and then for Mm -hmm. the joke in the beginning of suction cup symphony spongebob hears squidward playing the clarinet and he's like oh he's farting well he doesn't say that but he's like oh he must have had he must have eaten out at marco's last night or whatever he says you know gastrointestinal distress and so this fart joke goes on for 55 seconds just really dragging the bit out. Yeah. Rather than just letting it go. Just let it die. Just like that animal on the premises. And just uh, just compare, like, off-screen humor is good. Like, remember when um, Patrick and Sandy got into the fight in Band Geeks and they fought each other off-screen and it's just auditory. Like, you hear... Just Patrick screaming. You hear Patrick screaming very loud. And then... That one long yell. But what's really good is the silence that follows. Like, you hear Patrick Mm -hmm. yelling, 
the most distressed yeah and then like three whole seconds of silence that's the best part until he walks in with the trumpet on on his neck and you're like oh man See, and I think what's good is later there's a callback to that same joke mm-hmm. when she grabs the horn. Yeah, and we don't and just smiles at him. Yeah, and we don't need to repeat the joke again because like we already we already saw it. We get it. Unlike Yeah, just the reference yeah, to it yeah. is good enough. Like, we remember. We're we're not stupid idiot children. We know. And I also want to address there was another brand of humor in Section Cup Symphony. I don't know if you picked up on this. Um it happens twice. The first time when Patrick suddenly appears in... I think I yeah, did yeah. catch on to this. Patrick suddenly appears in Squidward's house and Squidward says, what are you doing here? And Patrick, as if channeling somebody from the writer's room of SpongeBob SquarePants says, I don't know. I'm funny. Know. I'm funny. Mm-hmm. It's like this sort of meta humor that they're going for i guess and then the the healthcare humor too yeah i noticed that too mm-hmm. I, which i think that was one of the other things that sort of made me laugh was that yeah I, I, meta meta humor to me if they like play it right can be sort of funny mm-hmm. i don't know as long as it's not overdone the other time i noticed it is when uh, SpongeBob says to the construction worker who was putting up that sign for the auditions, he said, you've made him really happy, referring to Squidward. And the construction worker says, I know what I've done. Like he's some sort of omniscient god who maybe he's a stand in for the writers, in which case he really is a god. <laughs> no, he's the actual god of spaghetti. Spaghetti bottom. Spaghetti bottom. Sp- what? Spaghetti bottom. Bikini, Bikini bottom. bottom. Okay, yeah. So I have a theory that, that this man is the is like some sort of omniscient being who he like he knows that he's only in there to service the plot, and he has a self awareness of that fact. And then SpongeBob's response is. Literally, I'm trying to nail this as best as I can. SpongeBob, after he says, I know what I've done, says, okay, in that voice. SpongeBob. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. SpongeBob does not realize. It's like acknowledging this is weird mm-hmm. instead of just ending the joke. You got to be like, it's like sort of framing it as a joke because they're afraid it wouldn't have been seen as a joke otherwise. SpongeBob's okay. Mm-hmm. If that makes does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's like they're afraid people might not realize this is a joke, so we better include SpongeBob reacting to this. Otherwise, the joke might go. And even then, I like the joke. Like I got that it was a joke, but it just sort of like it didn't land. It didn't. Yeah, for me, it didn't. Yeah, it's sort of like. In, like, the Big Bang Theory, when they put on the laugh track so you know that you're supposed to laugh, it's sort of like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like SpongeBob might as well have just looked at the camera and said, get it? Do you get it? You get the joke? <laughs> We're trying to be funny. Which I kind of don't get the joke. Unless they're going for this fish is secretly an omniscient god. 
And that's the joke, which is like, all right, cool. Let's get into the lore of this. I want, I want the omniscient fish god to come back. Please. Now I gotta scour all of the episodes looking for this omniscient fish god man. I want to know more about the omniscient... Or no, he's, he's probably not omniscient. But the fish announcer, who's just like... Mm-hmm. More realistic look sh- looking than all the rest of the fish. Ooh. But like. What if that's like what cartoons look like to them? Because if it was a cartoon, then it would just be like realistic, right? So if they have a have the opposite, then what if it's a cartoon announcer man in their eyes? We've seen, we've seen some cartoons because, or maybe it wasn't a cartoon, but I just remember the anemone. Anen- anemone? Y- yeah. Uh, in uh, that one episode when Gary oh, walks yeah, yeah. in. It was so like he was watching porn because he was like, oh, Gary, when he turned it off and it was quick. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Ooh, then that must have been cartoon porn, anime porn. I don't want to talk about SpongeBob's porn habits. Coward. Not today. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's another thing. In Band Geeks, that actually happens. When they go to the Bubble Bowl, they have the realistic-looking humans. That's true. And then uh, Patrick says, those are some weird-looking fish. And then they just move on. And it's just sort of an Maybe we're unexplained... near one of those toxic waste dumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just sort of an unexplained bit of absurdity that they just just did. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of just, like, passing thoughts when it came to band geeks that, mm-hmm. like, just about, like, the lore of Spongebob and questions about Bikini Bottom. Talk to me later. But, on. like, do you want the whole list? Because that's good. Of gonna... course I do. Um, one of the first things on this list was I was hoping for more band humor. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, like, it was set up, like, each time he's like, haha, band humor. And it's like... But then it just stops. And it's like, well, where's where's the band humor? Well, I wanted more. I'm also I'm almost okay with that because I didn't want them to overplay it and then it would have gotten stale. You know what I mean? See, but there was only I think there was only two band humor jokes. I would have preferred they had at least three. Because I like the number three. It feels <laughs> like that's more even to me. Well, that's a very specific criticism, Sean. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> What were those jokes? It was like, that guy didn't know an oboe from an elbow. <laughs> More band humor. And that was just, yeah. The other one was like, I gotta drum up a band quick. I think that was the other yeah. one. One of them. Well, what's a third what? joke that you would have liked? If you're so smart. If you're so good at band humor. <laughs> it's been like two weeks since I've watched the episode. That doesn't mean a thing. I can tell That's you like some orchestra du- humor. Let's add orchestra humor into this band episode. <laughs> yeah, we both played the cello. So, uh, hmm. This isn't really a joke, but people would often say, like, oh, are you fingering your G-string? Because that's a thing that you say. I never heard that one, actually. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no one actually said that in my orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> There are more. I can't think of any. I can't either. I'm so I'm so upset. <laughs> the one time that I'm asked for jokes and I can't think of any. Get it together. I'm bringing more to the table in terms of band humor here. I'll be on top of my game next time. 
I'm gonna Google band humor. Keep talking though. Um, my next question is: How would you play mayo or horseradish? That's just no. Would you just like swirl it around so it made noises, or like would you throw? The goop at a wall like how would you make sound out, like how would you how would you make music out of it is what i wanted to know people are like drums if you hit them with a the stick they'll make noise that is a that's true <laughs> i guess but that's also a very very just like creepy sentence <laughs> Unsettling. That's the word. That's an unsettling sentence. When when you're crossing the road, you gotta see sharp or you're gonna be flat. I hate you. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, the other question I had is SpongeBob the only person in town with opposable thumbs? This is a very important question for me. The answer is yes. I don't know. Like, that's going to be a question now that I watched the other episodes for, is like, like, does Spongebob have all the opposable thumbs in Bikini Bottom? Yes. Whenever people need opposable thumbs, they gotta go to Spongebob. Is that where he gets all his income? Yeah. Because, like, Mr. Krabs isn't paying him anything, so he's gotta get some side cash from somewhere to keep up his, like, lavish lifestyle. Most of these are just really bad memes. Memes, I mean. I'm on Pinterest. This one says Phantom of the Opera, and it's a picture of a cat. That's pretty good. I don't always get to school early, but when I do, I go to the band room, and it's a picture of the Dozeki's guy. That's not really a joke so much as a just a guy who's got some really good habits. I mean... I don't think we were even allowed in the orchestra room, unless it was our turn. Ooh. No, sorry. I remember when I was in an orchestra, there was a guy who had a um had a fermata on his shirt, and it said "Hold me." It was really cute. Anyway, let's talk about SpongeBob. <laughs> Let's see here. I think we have to give Plankton some credit for that harmonica solo. Oh, hell yeah. Because we have to think about how, like, he was sprinting from spot to spot and also, like, blowing enough air to make a sound, like, loud enough to get that noise through that harmonica. Yeah. He was doing a damn good job. Yeah, and he didn't, he wasn't a villain in this episode at all, except for when he was like, do instruments of torture count? Oh, that's a third band joke. That's true. <laughs> so we're up to like four if we count uh, Patrick's horseradish and mayonnaise. That's not really a band joke. That's just Patrick saying some dumb shit. Then how does Instruments of Torture? Because Instruments of Torture is kind of clever. Mayonnaise isn't really clever. It's There's no pun involved. Fair. Fair. Okay. Does Squilliam actually have a band, do you think? Maybe he doesn't. 
I was thinking about it, and Squilliam says, I can't perform because I have, I have something to do. I have to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I can't do this. And then he just shows up. So what if Squilliam doesn't actually have a band either? What if he's just trying to be an asshole to Squidward? And at the same time, also... <laughs> and is at the same time also being an asshole to Squidward and at the same time also not having to make a fool of himself by not having a band to perform at. You know, that's possible. The point is that he was really just a vehicle for villainy. <laughs> we love alliteration As he usually here. is in episodes. Yeah. So I feel like he doesn't really matter as a person as long as you hate him. No problems there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like in both Suction Cup Symphony and Band Geeks, the same amount of gravity is lent to that final performance, but they're just miles apart. Like, there are really no jokes in the finale to Band Geeks. It's literally just, like, two minutes of awesome music played straight. And it's just the most... I remember watching that on TV when I was, like, 10 and just being blown away by, like, the sheer awesomeness of the whole situation. And just, I don't know. Because it was, like, all of my favorite characters on Spongebob just working together in a band and being legitimately cool. And, like, it's like seeing Mrs. Puff, the boating school teacher, is like seeing your kindergarten teacher shred that guitar. <laughs> it's, That's like, true. amazing. I don't know. It's pretty good. Like, do, do you remember watching that for the first time? Or do you just not watch that one until later? I know I've watched it before, but I'm trying to think of when I first watched it and, like, what my perceptions on it were. I just remember, be- I remember being totally filled with awe. Like, I don't know. I know I watched it before because I thought I didn't realize that that was, like, a song that already existed. <laughs> I thought that was just a song that they... No. Had created just for that. Under the SpongeBob wiki, it says musical guest David Glenn Isley as musical performer of Sweet Victory. Well, I mean, I wasn't exactly going and digging through the SpongeBob wiki I know. every episode. <laughs> I'm just saying for fun facts. I'm not the SpongeBob historian out of the two of us. <laughs> but yeah, so you don't remember how you reacted? I think I was sort of interested in it, but I I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I was sort of lukewarm about the episode. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the episode better now, but I'm still, I, I still didn't, it still wasn't one of my favorites. Okay. I don't know. I think it's my favorite episode just because of that performance at the end. Like that's... I mean, it's it's a really good performance, mm-hmm. but like, it's not my favorite episode. Uh-huh. Okay. For me, there's something about a genuine moment in mm-hmm. a in a SpongeBob episode that is really just I don't I don't want to say heartwarming, but like 
it like <laughs> it's like life affirming man like like you see these characters who are just always played for jokes and for laughs and then they're doing this really really cool thing for real and it's like it just makes me feel amazing mhm i really like i don't know genuine good genuine feelings See, I always turn to Spongebob for the songs. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, maybe that's why I didn't... Maybe that's why it's not one of my favorites. I don't know. Because it doesn't have an original song? Well, no. I don't know. There's just... I mean, I think it's a very good episode. It's just not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Better than I don't Sasha Cup Symphony though. Oh or... God, yes! <laughs> Thanks for listening to us talk about SpongeBob. Yes. What will we be watching and comparing next week, Jonathan? Boating School and Nautical Novice. I love Boating School. Have not seen Nautical Novice. Looking forward to it. I... I can't say I've seen Nautical Novice, and I don't remember which one Boating School there is. There are many so I'm episodes. To see both. There are many episodes in Boating School, but yeah, I think this is the OG Boating School, which is a good one. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed our our podcast. Like and subscribe and comment. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>